Welcome, everybody, to the Drip Drop Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Krasnick, and this is the world's first mental fitness variety show. We are a family podcast. We have conversations with comedians, entertainers, coaching with life experts, and comedy. That's right. It's all about the life skills you wish you knew as a kid, and because my childhood is a blur, it fits like a glove. We like to have segments on the show that are about solutions. So we have squirrel-news.net, the app that curates solutions journalism, stories of people uh, finding solutions to all kinds of social problems, social issues all over the world, whether it's people or countries. And we find it at squirrel-news.net. We have two stories for you. Um, the first one is about an 11-year-old boy in Paris who is finding a way to take the Seine River, the beautiful River Seine, and help with the pollution that's going on there. And he does it through magnets. Take a look. On any given Saturday morning, 11-year-old Raphael is likely to be out doing what he likes best, fishing, but not in a conventional way. This is a magnet that can lift up to one ton. I started doing this because I thought it would be fun to do, but it quickly became some kind of hobby or rather a job. Now we are doing this almost every weekend. We have to do it as others, adults, are doing nothing. They soon pull up more oh, items, yeah. including a kick scooter and a metal barrier. But today's catch is far from being Raphael's biggest. In about two years, he and his father have picked up nearly 20 tons of scrap metal. One day, he caught around 50 bicycles. Raphael now has more than 20,000 followers on Instagram. Raphael's favorite pieces are currently exhibited in a little pop-up museum right next to the River Seine. Two containers full of pedal bikes, watches or bayonets, all with their own little story. At least that's what Raphael imagines. Amazing stuff, amazing way people have of cleaning up the world of finding solutions all over the planet, okay? Here's another interesting story. Of course, mental health, mental fitness is a big issue around the world, and there's a big stigma behind it. There's a lot of prejudice behind it in a country like China, for example. So China, in Shanghai, there is a mental health center and uh, not a lot of support for that center. People look down on for uh, seeking mental health treatment, seeking mental support. And so there's a cafeteria in the same building with that center, and they came up with a really sweet solution. Uh, they came up with a cookie, uh, moon cookies is what they call it. And they started just putting this out on social media as a way to raise awareness about mental health. Uh, it set off a whole movement uh, about support and about taking away the stigma, taking away the pressure behind uh, behind mental health and behind people who are seeking treatment, seeking help, seeking support, which is always, of course, a really positive thing to do. 
And combining it with a bakery, of course, is my favorite thing that I can ever imagine. Uh, baked goods and mental fitness together again. So thanks to our friends at Squirrel News, squirrel-news.net for all your solutions journalism, something that changes your perspective on the news. There's actually good news going on, solutions news, creative news, innovation going on all the time. And now we're becoming aware of it, just like being coming aware of how to take care of ourselves emotionally. Okay? Okay. Welcome back to part two of my interview with paddleboarding expert and mental health enthusiast, Mike Shorman. Well, I wish that you were my teacher because I went out on a paddleboard a couple of weeks ago and um, I had shorts on. Talk about hubris. I, had sh I thought I was going to be fine. I, I thought I wasn't going to fall. And I had shorts on and I had a phone in my pocket and I had a wallet in my pocket. Okay. My daughter's paddling around. Everything's she's having a great time. I fell in the water. I fell in the water. I'm not, I can't swim. Oh no. So I fell in oh, the no. water. I can't swim. And I'm really like for a few seconds there, I'm like thinking, Ooh, this is kind of a strange way to go. Uh, this may not be the best. It's going to make a bad headline. Um, father thinks he's better than the water. And, and so, and so I lost my, my phone completely got gutted. My wallet completely drenched. I found the board and I got back up, but I swear it was like, it was my mindset of, I'm going to be, you know, I, it's going to be fine. I'm not going to fall. And so thinking that you're not going to fall really sets you up for falling. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I would just tell people that they're going to fall. And, and it was like, you know, I usually did my lessons six to eight people. And, um, and maybe one would fall out of, out of all of them. Um, and it was mostly beginning. But I, I did, like, I'd give like um, a lesson on the beach before. Like, I'd go over the anatomy of all the equipment and and you know what we were gonna do so that they were all prepped for for being out there. When I first learned how to paddleboard, I was terrible, and, and um, they just threw me in the lake. <laughs> I, I think I spent you know forty out of sixty minutes in the water. So when I started my thing, I was like, no, I want to do this differently. I want to set them up for success. We're gonna spend you know fifteen minutes on the beach out of like an hour and a half and go over safety and and all of this. And, and I found that, you know, prepping people for, for what might happen um, was proactive in, in making sure, you know, that they had the best time and, and that, you know, wallets and phones weren't, weren't right. <laughs> yes, sure. Uh, for most people, they would think that um, unless they were uh, unless they were not paying attention to anything. Uh, which is my, that's what I do best. Um, Mike, I, I want to get to, uh, I want to talk about uh, the work that you're doing for jack.com. I want to talk about the Great Lakes Crossing. I want to talk about your dad, but before we get to, and I want to talk about your book, but before we get to all that, I want to play a little game with you because what I think should happen is that we don't know, a lot of us don't know how our brain works because we don't really have a conscious relationship with what the brain does and how we can talk to our brain and how we can make choices. 
um, whether it's through gratitude or whether it's through self-talk or however you do it. So I think there should be a brain license exam that literally helps you learn how to drive your brain. And so, as a, so I've come up with a few questions. I'm just going to ask you three. And they're multiple choice questions, just like a driver's license exam. So this is the brain uh, driver's license exam. When you have a negative thought, you should A, steer away from the thought and think you're a bad person. B, choose a better thought. C, notice the thought and let it pass. Or D, blame your parents. Oh, <laughs> you're right. That's the correct answer. I'm yeah, so surprised. I thought yeah, you were going to go high. You went low. I love it. No, let's just throw them under the bus. You went low. I'm so pleased. Yeah. I'm so pleased yeah. about that. Yeah. The three things. Well, of course, we're going to blame our parents. Of course, we're going to blame our parents. My my uh, the thing is, any of those other things, uh, you know, choosing a better thought, noticing a thought and let it letting it pass. Of course, you could do that. And that would make you feel better and would make you, uh, you know, be able to be more mobile and facile and, and it would let your brain know that you're okay. But no, by all means, blame your parents and blame my parents, even though they're not around. Um, okay, so that's, that's question one. Um, question number two, where I will... I will find it here in a second. While we're doing this, play, play amongst yourselves. Um, when thinking that you're not enough, you should. A, try really hard. B, merge the thought with ice cream. C, question the thought by asking if it's really true. Or D, beat yourself up and blame your parents. See, you say, question the thought by asking if it's really true. Yeah. Have you done that? Yeah. 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 The magic of talking to yourself as you would a friend is amazing. Yeah. Being kind to yourself and being, um, you know, speak to yourself like you would your best friend. Could be. You could try it. Even if you don't believe it, you can try it yeah. and see what happens. So you don't have to believe these things. You don't have to believe, you don't have to feel that way. You don't have to automatically, and you don't have to do it perfectly. Just the intention of thinking you're, that you might possibly be a friend can change your life. All right. Uh, the final question. When you feel stuck at a red light because friends seem to be ignoring you, you should A, beat yourself up immediately. B, shame them on social media. C, talk to yourself like a friend. And D, try to avoid your feelings and blame your parents. <laughs> it's blaming of the parents. I'm not going to choose it this time because I've already thrown them. Nice shift. Yeah, so, they're already gone. We're going to go back to C again. Talk to yourself like a friend. We were just talking about that. Yes, yeah, self-talk, you know, what you tell yourself, you know, you the power of what you think and conscious thinking is really interesting. It has a tremendous power no matter what age you are and even if your only intention is even if you don't believe any of this stuff just say it you're going to say negative things anyway try it i think with with that one in particular i have experienced that um I've, you know many have um so i remember you know 
losing the mobility and everything, my life slowed down. Um, whereas everybody else's life continued to go at a regular speed. Um, so I, I messaged people and, and there were, there were friends who did check out, uh, during that period. Um, but, but there were other ones that, that didn't and, but their lives didn't slow down. So, so I would send a message and, and I would wait, um, because that's all I had. I just had time. <laughs> I had time and, and soap operas. It was, it wasn't a great time. <laughs> and, um, and I would just wait and I'd be like, they're, they're ignoring me, but, but they weren't. Um, and on reflection and hindsight, um, you know, people, people are busy. People, people have lives and, and we're all just trying to do our best. And it can be incredibly hard to, to think, to, to think that way. So to just try to remember, you know, we're all just trying to do our best and your friends and your family. Good message. Good place to actually talk about your dad for a minute here, because I saw a post that you made recently about kind of the evolution of your dad and his view of what you're doing. Can you talk about that? My dad was very supportive of, of me throughout my entire journey. Um, and, and he was very instrumental in getting me mental health treatment. Um, actually made an ultimatum that it was, it was required. <laughs> um, and, and I took it and, uh, and it helped us. But I wrote a piece, um, I wrote several pieces that were published. Um, one, you know, in the front of time, I got picked up and it ran nationally across the country and all the fun news media outlets. So like Vancouver, Calgary, Ottawa. All, all across, and um, and he wasn't thrilled. He said, "You know, you're putting you're putting yourself out in a huge way." And I remember thinking, "I I I, I want to do this. This is gonna this is gonna help people. This needs to be this needs to be done." And um, and it caused us it caused us some some problems in our relationship. We didn't we didn't talk for a while, and he started. And then, and then we, and we, then we came back to, get to each other and we started working on the relationship. And, um, and here we are now. And, um, and he's very supportive of what I'm doing. He's going to be a big part of, of what's happening next summer. And, um, and I'm really grateful. But, but it did take some time. Okay. So time is a theme here too. Uh, figuring it out in your own time. And that things do take space and, and time, but how you're talking to yourself along the way is going to be a big part of that that journey for anybody, and 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 the support that you and reaching out to other people, of course, is such a huge thing. Now, uh, speaking of that, you are really a mental health advocate, and you have used this this ability that you have to stand up, to bring the paddles up, to have these journeys. And you're doing a big one. It's a big, this is a big, this is a big thing. I mean, everything that you've done is pretty big. This is a, one of the biggest. And you're doing it for, uh, to raise awareness, to raise money uh, for 
mental health care. Tell us about it and tell us about how you train and, you know, what, what goes on when you're on a board and you're traveling hundreds of miles, like what happens? So, so yeah, no, it, um, it's kind of evolved into, into what it is now. Last time I paddleboarded from uh, Rochester, New York to Toronto, <laughs> um, and for mental health charities. And it was going to be, you know, the first time a person with a disability had paddleboarded international waters from one country to another. Um, and I did it for mental health charities. Um, so I did it for Canada's largest youth mental health organization. I did it for um, the Tyler Clemente Foundation, which is based in New York, and for the Trevor Project, um, which is based in California. It was wild. I didn't expect, I knew it was going to, you know, cause a reaction. I didn't expect all the media to descend. It was, it was really overwhelming, but it was a great experience. And, um, and I remember thinking on the other side of it, I covered 73 kilometers. Um, and then we started thinking about it and thought, well, Lake Michigan is 76, like the crossing from like, and I started looking at the first person who ever swam across the Great Lake. And I thought her route 76, and I did 73. So all I needed three more. So so it was decided in September that that we were going to do all the great lakes. But it hasn't been done. You know, Vicky Keith swam all the great lakes in 1988. Um, this hasn't been done since then. Um, all in one summer. And it hasn't been done by a person with a disability. So, so I'm hoping that, you know, one, everything goes okay. <laughs> and two, um, that it raises a lot of money struggle. And, um, and a big part of, I feel very kid like myself in many ways. <laughs> um, I, I identify with, well, uh, I I respond well with kids, um, probably because I feel like a big kid um, myself. And I remember in my mental health journey, I felt very alone and very very scared. And um, and I don't want kids to feel that way. So I hope that we raise a significant amount of money for kids struggling. Um, it, all the money raised goes towards programs and services um, provided to them um, to to keep them safe, safe, and, and to give them the skills um, that they need to to lead happy and fulfilling lives, and and to help remove the stigma that is mental health. Well, I'll just say that. You know, I really feel like when it comes to mental health, we're all children because nobody knows anything, really. This is a new endeavor, people looking at how they think and how they feel and their relationship to it. And I 
I do think that when it comes to mental health, we're all children. So kids are who we need to help first ourselves and then kids for sure. Um, and, you know, kids are experiencing so much panic and so much anxiety and so much, uh, and they, and they don't have the, they need a lot more tools than were needed. Of course, we've always needed these kinds of tools, but now it's, it's, it's very necessary for them to have yeah. these tools. I, um, I just read an article the other day that kids help phone has increased, um, they saw an increase of 350% in, in calls placed to their organization yeah. because kids aren't coping. Right now. Um, and that is because of, you know, their lives being appended from you know, this pandemic situation. Um, they're, you know, facing, they're feeling isolation from, from their friends and, and even their family. And, and the worry, the anxiety, am I going to get sick? Is mom and dad going to get sick? Um, so they're facing things that, you know, kids, you know, three years ago weren't experiencing. So, so we're seeing something, something huge. And, um, and I hope that this will, um, you know, it won't solve the problem, but I hope that, that it really helps. Well, it's definitely going to help. And this is a time when it's really about how we respond to our thoughts and feelings and the situations around us. This is what, this is what the focus is, because the situations you can't change, but the way you respond to them, you do have choices about that. And we need to teach kids about that at a very young age and model it for them. You're doing that. It's amazing. I'm very inspired by what you do and by all the things that you have going and by this crossing and by everything that you've done so far too. Uh, and, you know, just a couple of the organizations I want to do a shout out to a very, very uh, interesting organization in Canada, helping kids with mental health, helping raise awareness. Uh, yeah. You know, they, um, they're Canada's number one youth mental health organization. Yeah. Um, they've got a, provide programs and services in every province and territory across the country. Yeah. Uh, they specialize um, working with indigenous youth. Um, and what they do is they, they train youth to, to go into their communities, into their schools, uh, do presentations to each other. So, so they're basically training youth to become young mental health leaders. Um, because kids, kids don't want to hear from me. I'm an old man. Um, they, well, if you're an old man, I'm a Methuselah, I'm a great grandfather, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but kids respond best to, to other kids. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and I see that, um, and I want to support that. Um, so I, I really love the work that they do. Um, and then. And then the Tyler Clementi Foundation um, is based in New York, um, New Jersey. Um, and it all started from, from Tyler Clementi himself who, who experienced bullying. Um, and, and he took his life because of it. Um, and his parents started the Tyler Clementi Foundation, um, which, which works with LGBTQ loot. Youth 
um, across the United States and helped them, um, you know, through through their mental health. Um, because you know, a lot of kids, a lot of kids and young people are struggling. Then you add, you know, extra layers of, you know, being an LGBTQ youth feeling, you know, all all those things, and and then other things feeling like they're different. Um, and and they work with them, so so it's been a pleasure to to work with them. And also the Discover Project does great work with LGBTQ youth um, and kids. Um, so I'm happy to support those organizations on on the American side. Fantastic work. Where where do they uh, tell us just uh, the the book the book that you have written and there's also a documentary that's going to come out. What's the what's the title of the book? It's a great title, but I want you to say it. So it's called Crash and Rise. Um, you can look it up. It's called Crash and Rise. Um, Diaries of the Unbalanced Paddleboarder. So I think everybody everybody enjoys a diary. Everybody enjoys reading somebody else's diary because we know we're not supposed to. <laughs> so, Perfect. So I, wrote, so I wrote it like a diary. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's a diary going through a mental health journey. And... Um, and there are some tips and tricks that I learned along the way that I've put in there with a lot of pop culture media references to make it light and fun um, so that, you know, people can laugh because I think laughter is important. Uh, people can find Crash and Rise or Diaries of the Unbalanced Paddler on Amazon. Um, you can buy it up on Noble, uh, Books and Books. Um, even target. So where do they find out everything that they need to find out about you? I think uh, Monty will put in uh, a graphic that will tell us that anyway, but but where do you, where should they go to find out and to keep pace with the crossing? Yeah, so you can uh, join the fun on social media. Um, I have, uh, we are just getting ready to launch everything kind of in a couple of weeks. Um, so you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter, um, and everything will be coming out as, as it kind of starts developing. Um, we'll be making, you know, the big announcement of, of the dates and, and all of that stuff in, in, in early May. Um, but people can follow me on, um, on Instagram. I'm Mike Shorman at the unbalanced paddleboarder um and i'm on instagram twitter um pretty much all the social media platforms okay fantastic well look you're going to come back i really want you to come back and the next time we talk we're going to talk all about all the nuts and bolts of what it is to prepare for something like this and what goes on when you're actually doing something like this we're going to talk about those things okay Okay. All right. Mike Shorman, can't thank you enough for being on the Drip Drop podcast. And I am just a huge fan. And I say to you, congratulations. Thank you very much, Ed. Thank okay. you. Thank you to the entire Drip Drop team. And thank you to all the listeners. Fantastic. The Drip Drop podcast brought to you by the Drip Drop app. Now, I want to tell you about the Drip Drop app. 
It's an incredible win-win app. It's the mental fitness app for Gen Z. The Drip Drop app is a place where kids can learn amazing life skills and life upgrades from experts all over the world and get rewarded for doing so. It's a whole community. It's a whole world. Join us. And I want to thank everybody uh, on the show for helping us put this together. Thank you to Monty at HQ. Thank you to Sarah Jezik. And a special thank you always to my good friend, Jason Brown. That's our show for this week. Remember, no matter how broken we think we are, it's just feelings and thoughts. We're all okay. <laughs>